Welcome to another new episode of the Get Organized with Declutter Me podcast with myself, Shalina. This week, my guest is Leslie Spellman of the Declutter Hub and the Clutter Ferry. Leslie and Ingrid, who's her partner in the Declutter Hub, have been dear friends of mine for over eight years, I think, and have provided advice and laughs whilst we've been building our organizing businesses together. And I always used to meet them at the conference in the UK as well. I have spoken on the Declutter Hub uh, podcast previously, so I thought it would be lovely to talk to them about all things organizing. So yeah, welcome Leslie to the Declutter Hub, uh, not to, oh, to the Declutter Me podcast. <laughs> I know you kind of morphed into our podcast, Lena. I was just thinking when, when you were doing that lovely intro, I was like, what came first, the laughs or the advice? I don't I feel like our relationship is more built on laughs than it is advice. Is that really bad? Yeah, no, no. I think, no, it's not bad. I think it's, it, but it is <laughs> us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It has been more the laughs and the stories. They're like, the story, yeah, you have, you have the really good stories. Yeah, none that I can tell, Shalina, none that I can tell. I know. But, yeah, yeah, no, but you know, once in a blue moon, like a client will say something, I'll be like, no, my dear friend at hire has this story, so like, you know, don't worry. <laughs> Like there'll be one dodgy toy. You're building it up now. You're building it up. <laughs> well, there's stuff, naughty stuff that we can't talk about in the UAE, but we can talk about in the UK. So yeah, it's all that stuff. So anyway, let's get back. Let's go back, back, back. So how did you get into organizing? Like what made you become an organizer? It's a really interesting story, actually, because so 15 years ago, I bought this house that I'm sitting at, at the moment. It was a derelict property right? and fell in love with it. And But it had been lived in by somebody who had hoarding disorder. And so basically the house was completely full to the brim for the previous kind of 30 years. Right. And people had walked past in the neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward, I bought the house. When I bought the house, it was empty. So it had right. been empty. It had taken the people nine months to empty the property. That's how full it was. Um, so we're talking about, um, you know, ladders through the stairwell because the guy who lived here couldn't get up the stairs. Right. couldn't get in his front door. So standard hoarding disorder, really, and probably undiagnosed at that time. But fast forward to me doing this kind of transformational renovation on this property. And of course, all the people in the neighborhood were really happy because it had been an eyesore before and it became this beautiful property. And what I, when people, so people used to stop and stare. And right. then if I was there, then people used to talk to me. And what I noticed was huge amounts of judgment, very negative judgment about the guy who had lived there before. Right. And I found it quite hard to listen to. I was like, they're being so harsh. This is obviously a mental health condition mm. that needs, you know, it's not just about the stuff. And so that's what sowed the seed in my mind, really, that I wanted to go and I wanted to help people, not necessarily with hoarding disorder, but right. people who struggle with clutter. And that's where it all started. And so a, a year later, I launched my business. Wow, that's a good. That's amazing. And did you, you know ever, that? Did you no, you didn't I didn't. I that. really never. <laughs> I don't think I have ever asked you that. Like how you got into it? Like yeah, no, that's amazing. Did you ever find out who that uh, the previous owner was, or had he passed away? Or what? yeah, he passed away. It passed ah. away. So I heard lots of stories. I had three he had three houses in the area, um, all the same. So you know, very severe hoarding disorder. Twenty, right. I think, it was like twenty cars in the drive and. So it was, you know, it it was it was severe, and mm. and it was it was a struggle for him, and he struggled for many years. Um, but luckily, the house was intact, kind of, and did a <laughs> renovation. And now it's a lovely property, and yeah. um, and uh, so yeah, so I started 
you know, back in 20, 2009, 2010, something like that. Right. Everybody, I, I'm in Manchester in the north of England. And so everybody was like, no one's ever going to do that. No one's ever going to buy it. You're going to have to um, put it on the back of a cleaning service. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, there are people all around the world doing this. And so it's obviously a thing, particularly in the States. Mm. Um, you were one of the early adopters as well, Shalina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so, you know, it it was just, I was going to, I was going to show people that it could work because I really felt that I could give something back. So I started a business and it grew very, very quickly, thankfully. And uh, we're still here 13 years later with kind of seven clutter fairies and the declutter hub teaching people how to do this online. So yeah. it is a thing and, you know, it's much easier now because everybody knows about professional organizing yeah. and decluttering and is is confident uh, to invite people into their homes to help them. Yeah. Um, but back in yeah. the day, it seemed like it was like in the 90s or something, not that long ago. Practically. It was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was tougher, you know, to, yeah, yeah. to explain what we could bring to people and that we were not going to just throw all this stuff away, which is basically yeah. what a lot of people think. Well, I think they still do. I mean, I still get that, that people are nervous and I'm like, no, you have to review everything before. I'm not going to just throw it out unless it's completely out of rubbish, you know. Um, but people still go through the bags, even when I put stuff in, you know, in the, the trash and everything or in cycling. So, but yeah, it's funny. But how did you get people to get into, like, understand it? Because for me, like here, it nobody understood what I was talking about. And because like, when I started 2013, oh yeah, it's my 10 year anniversary this year. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, no. But um, yeah, how did you get people to start like understanding what you were doing? I think it was just at that time, it was just about going out there and explaining it to mm. people. And I think people who have never had a problem with clutter and never really going to understand that deep emotional connection and what makes it so difficult for people. But people who have, once they found and heard that somebody could help them out of this situation... It was straight in there. So I think the people who understand it understood it, if that makes sense. The people yeah. who truly see it and see it. And that's still the case now, yeah. you know, because we're faced with people all the time that are like, why would you need a professional organizer? Just throw your stuff away. It's simple. Yeah. But who don't understand about that, it's there are stories that sit behind the clutter. It's never about the stuff. It's always about the emotions that sit behind that stuff. And it's always about the stories, you know. And so... Yeah. I think yeah. it's it's easier now because it's become, you know, if we think go back 13, 15 years ago, you know, people would be like, why do you need a personal trainer? Just go out there and run. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's as simple. It's a, but now it's people don't give it a second thought and we'll use personal trainers all the time. Yeah. So the growth is quite similar, I think, with professional organizers. Yeah. No, but I think you're right. It's, 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 it's a lot of it has to do with the emotional clutter. People think it's just the physical stuff, but it's it's emotional clutter and I know you you work with a lot of people who are dealing with emotional clutter so for the listeners what do you consider as emotional clutter um yeah what do you think is emotional clutter I think I think you know all professional organizers work in the same way Shalina but it depends on where your kind of focus is but we're very led by we always say emotions first stuff second and the people that typically work with us would be people who really struggle and so um we have a wide ranging a, a set of clients who work with one-to-one but within the declutter hub it typically is people who really struggle to mm. get over the line and to make decisions and that have maybe been struggling for years or decades and so we're definitely led by the emotions and teach people really to look at the emotional sort of situation and what's holding them back from making that decision understand it mm. it's all about self-awareness at the end of the day it starts yeah. with being kind to yourself 
and not beating yourself up over not being as good as the next person or not having this big fancy home and everything. People feel guilt, feel shame and everything like that. And so first of all, you need to draw a line under the sand and draw a line in. We could draw it under the sand or (laughs) in the sand. Yeah, in the sand, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, understand that. (laughs) Uh, And and then kind of move forward with that. Be kind to yourself, you know, draw that line and go, right, okay, this is me. I'm going to do it and I'm going to try and understand why. Once you understand why these things are holding you back, then it's much easier to actually make the decision about letting go. And it's all about having control, Shalina, I think. Um, You know, it's about being able to, whether you're working with a professional organiser or whether you're working independently, it's about 100% owning the decision that you're making and feeling confident in that decision. And, you know, as you said, you know, people who have a professional organiser in think they're just going to throw all my stuff away and Mm -hmm. we're not. We're going to allow you to make that decision, allow you not, but we, um, you know, facilitate you then making that decision so that you feel confident in that decision. We don't throw your stuff away. We can't say that. I mean, it's a byproduct of what we do, of course. We do that. That's the end goal, isn't it? But so, yeah, so I think it's interesting. So we're definitely emotions first, stuff second. That's our kind of motto. I think, and also like, you know, as you said, there's the the various types of the emotional emotions that we're dealing with. Like, the, you, you know, you said the worry, the aspiration, the guilt, sentimentality. I mean, the aspiration thing is becoming a problem now because there's all these social media, media videos, right, with people using millions of boxes and trays and things. I mean, I do use them with clients, but only when needed. But I'm finding that that people are buying a lot of this stuff just because they see it on social media and on tv and then it becomes clutter and it's just you know they and then they've spent all that money so they feel guilty for spending money so that is it it just builds and builds into different things doesn't it like with all this the emotions that come with buying stuff yeah i think one of the big problems when it comes to clutter is that we want to jump to the end point quite often we don't want to put the hard work in and so we see, and that's why social media is fantastic for giving us ideas and inspiration. Of course it is. But there's things that need to happen in the beginning. It's like the before and after with the weight loss, all of these things that yeah, we yeah. see. Like I want to be like that. And actually this fancy storage container or whatever is going to get me to that place without understanding why am I keeping things that are out of date? And why am I bulk buying so many things yeah. that mean that I've got to have things on top of my refrigerator? Yeah. And am I ever going to get to that point of... of decanting cereals or anything like that yes you've got to really analyze your own behaviors and whether or not you're creating a system that's actually going to work for you and you know interestingly for for the last 13 years that I've been doing this job I've been a fierce kind of not I've never been one to say don't decant cereals but what I say (laughs) I always say decant there's many things that you can do that's a great (laughs) example of it you know, and I've been like, life's too short for that. And the people yes. typically we work with are not in a place where they would ever manage that system of decanting, let's yeah. say. For the first time, I've actually bought some um, containers this week and decided that now's my time. But I think it's about that evolution. It's very similar to the idea um, that's been in the newspapers recently about Marie Kondo right. saying that she, now that she's got her three children, she's almost giving up on tidying I mean she's yeah. been misquoted of course she has but that's just her life moving on you know what yeah. I mean? and the same way that you know I've not had three children but my kids have all gone now and I'm like actually I do have the time to put things in containers yeah. in the right way in the kind of a way that I know is going to make sense and yeah. it's not going to have issues with it that look nice I'm at that stage now yeah. but I wasn't for the previous 
25 years of being a, being a kind of, I'm still a mum, but do you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of running a busy home, let's say. And so it's interesting because, and people are like, oh, she's gone about turn because I've been a, a fierce kind of denier of yeah. decanter. And now I've kind of bought some and we'll see how that goes. You well, know, it, it might go away. Yeah, but it's if you, you say that, but I, I mean, I'm this very similar to you, but I actually have cereal in containers. So, and I have done it for the last, I'd say, year. Um, but it's only because I have no room in my kitchen. And because of the heat, if you leave the cereal out, it the bugs will go in. So I was keeping cereal yeah. in the fridge. Didn't have room for the cereal. I have like four types of cereal that I can choose from. So mine was, you know, even though I take the piss out of decanting and I'm like, this is, it's, you know, only do it for specific things. You know, if you use a yeah. lot of spices, you know, for our cooking, we use a lot of um, certain spices so you you buy more in bulk for them um but otherwise who can be asked to decant but for me because there was a logical reason to get the cereal and I put the containers on top of my microwave because it's the only place I can fit it in my bloody kitchen so you know it's yeah it's everybody is different and everybody but you you know you have to see what works for your life rather than following what other people yeah. are doing isn't it so yeah, and it, it was an interesting decision to make, having been, you know, so kind of against it for so long. But I, but that's because I can look at all those things and go, yeah. I know that I can maintain that system. Yes. I know that it's the right time. I've got a little bit more time in my weekends yeah. than I used to have. And so now's the time to make something look pretty. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's like a thing of beauty. I'm like, oh, word, it looks so nice. So I get it. And I get that people want that, of course. But I'm at a place where I can make sure that I don't have access, that things are not going out of day, that it's the best solution storage wise for me in my pantry, you know. So, so yeah. So I just thought I'd share that aspirational. Look at us. We had a whole conversation about our cereal decanting situation because we're both, we've got grown to that level of organizing (laughs) that we can do the cereals. Look, I've evolved as an organizer now. (laughs) Next next time I'll be filming my knickers. I've still not quite got there yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, no. no, I'm very good at doing that as well. Yeah, no. I've I found that because I've been doing this for so long, especially I'm working on so many closets and folding, that it now is automatic. So even at home, I don't think I'm just folding the knickers into the the right way. My maid thinks I'm mad, um, but you know, it's it's you know we've built the habit to fold. And, I know exactly, and it has to become habit. That's the thing. And uh, yeah. you know, my, my uh, Ingrid, that you mentioned, my business partner, she loves a fold. You know, and she has it in her routines, and she folds everything. And she has she's a little bit tighter on space as well, so it works yeah. from that perspective. Yeah. But I'm like, life's too short for that. But I, I do try. But then I just I go because I'm just I'm the <laughs> haphazard. I'm the haphazard one of the two of us. I'm more yeah. about the emotion, <laughs> she's more about the folding. So, um, so yeah, yeah, but things like that. Aspiration is a big one. It's about really looking at whatever that is, whether it's something like a container or whether it's buying a spiralizer and wanting to be oh. more healthy. Looking that way, for example, yeah. we have to look at whether that's an aspirational item or whether that's something that we're actually going to use. And, you know, our homes tend to be cluttered up with things that we'd like to do. So smoothie makers or soup makers or bread yep. makers. You know, there's loads of aspirational stuff in kitchens and it's really going, right, am I actually doing that? And even if you tried and failed, that's okay. Yeah. But 
Yeah, if it's cluttering things up. So aspiration is a big one when it comes to those emotions. Yeah, it is. And I think it's a big issue. I mean, especially here because people are so much on TikTok and uh, Instagram. So they'll see things on there and, you know, products that people are talking about. And makeup is a big thing as well as the kitchen stuff. And they'll see it and then buy it and it will be completely and utterly the wrong thing for their face, you know, Um, and they don't get rid of it because, you know, they spent so much money on that. So it's the aspiration and the the guilt of spending. So I think that's that's a thing that I think people need to start thinking about, isn't it? And and money, like spending money. I mean, especially in the UK right now with the cost of living, you know, crisis. I mean, the heating bills are astronomical right now, right? So yeah, it's a real struggle for a lot of people and people are really having to look at, you know, utilizing things that they've got in their homes and being more sensible about things. I think it's it's really making people sit up and, and look and analyze what they're doing with their life and with their money and everything like that. And so it's really it's really tricky. And, you know, overbuying and retail therapy just has to go. You know, that's yeah, yeah. not something that kind of disposable income is just not there for a lot of people at the moment. So it's a real struggle. But I think all the, there's the issue of bulk buying. I mean, like, you know, I've been to Costco at home and people buy like huge amounts of things and I don't un- the houses are not big in the UK generally. So where are they going to put all these like 200 toilet rolls? And people buy a lot of water in London Costco as well, I, which I didn't understand. Like, why are they buying? Why can't they drink the water from the taps? They're buying, they buy bottled water. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I've, I mean, I'm in Manchester, we've got lovely water up here. The water in London is a little bit rubbish, actually, um, in my opinion. Um, and there's definitely a north-south divide when it comes to water. Um, it's very cloudy, it's full of calcium, and so it's it's just not that nice. But, I th- but I'm spending a bit more time because my husband works in London, so right. I'm spending a bit more time down there, and I'm kind of like, embrace the water, Leslie, embrace the water. <laughs> I don't want to do the kind of plastic. I don't want to no. do the plastic thing. Um, but we did do it for a long time. So I kind of get it. Um, I think people are buying more filters. You get more filters on their taps and things like that. And, you know, nowadays, yeah. I don't know. Really. But um, it's yeah. okay. But it's not the same as the Northern Water, Shalina. Definitely not. Well, I will disagree because I'm from Kent and it's I'm even more Southern than London. And I love the Kent. I, as soon as I get home, I fill up a glass of tap water because, you know, we don't. I mean, now I have a machine that filters the water. But um, I have to say Birmingham water is disgusting. I, I mean, I haven't oh. been up to Manchester. Have you tried Birmingham water? It's, You've it's, done a lot of water analysis, Shalina. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, am, no. I am a water <laughs> connoisseur when it comes to taste. Like, you know, <gasps> Birmingham water is bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can understand if you want to buy a bottle of water from there no it's bad but yeah that's what I don't understand like this you know buying the the bulk buying in the UK and you know I think people still are and they, they think they're saving money and it's just yeah yeah. I think it comes again it comes from an emotional need we typically do what we have learned they're all learned behaviors and they're yeah. things that you know we we buy into the marketing ideas of buy one buy two get one free and all that kind of yeah. stuff and so we think that's going to save us money and then we lose track of what we've got. Um, it's so important to do inventories of what you've got in your pantry. And I think that's, yeah. you know, you need that control to make sure that you know what you need and you shop intentionally when you go. But I think we're just used to doing that because we, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we've done it for so long and sort of things have changed. And, it, and it's really about analyzing. We work with people all over the world, you know, Dubai, you've got everything's right on your doorstep. Yeah. Um, here it is for sure. And, but I think that, 
there are a lot of people that we work with that are like, I only go to the supermarket once a week because it's a kind of 60 mile round trip. So mm. that's fine in those instances. But you, if you live across the road from a 24 hour supermarket, which many of us do, we're fine. You know, we're yeah. never going to run yeah. out, you know. And, we, yeah. and so but we, it's just ingrained in us because we worry about um, things. And the pandemic was a great example of that with people going out and buying things, you know, crazily in the pandemic. Oh, well, I'm still decluttering all the stuff from there. The amount of flour yeah. and baking stuff still and baking equipment, the amount of baking equipment people bought, which they didn't use. Uh, it's it's It was terrible. It's all going into recycling. It's just there's nothing else yeah. you can do with it. Nobody wants it. So you can't even donate it or, you know. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. And, and I, I always say to people now, like, even if something runs out today, you could order it on Amazon. And I mean, I know in the UK, it's Prime is good in cities, but in like Kent, it takes two days, not what it doesn't come the next day. So certain places right. it won't come immediately. But in Dubai, we sometimes get things the same day on Amazon. So, you know, if you order in the morning, it'll come in the evening. So you don't need to, you know, you can order it online or you can, as you said, go to the supermarket or to the corner shop. Like it's not difficult unless you live in the yeah, it's just about it's just about realism isn't it actually you've got to balance up what's more important to me saving money and make sure that you are saving money with that bulk buying yeah. or having the convenience of it or having less clutter sorry so yeah. you've got to work out what's more important it's it's like it's that compromise isn't it i yeah, could yeah. save a few pennies here but then i'm going to have extra bottles of water cluttering up my kitchen uh, yeah. which do yeah. I, which you know do i want more than the other yeah it, it's yeah and i think it's difficult trying to get people to understand about having less stuff, especially in now, because I think people are retaining stuff, aren't they, more because they're worried about they won't be able to buy something because of the cost of living and stuff, right? So they must be holding on to things more than they did maybe before. Yeah, I don't know really whether there's been a shift in terms of food. I think it's just all about, again, it all boils down to that kind of self-awareness. And I think that people were faced with the excess after the pandemic so I yeah. think that has made people sit up and think a little bit I think people were you know the pandemic has been uh, uh, many things of course but in terms of the stuff in our homes was a time when we were, were at home and could look around yeah. at what we had created yeah. and so I think people are you know good or bad people have changed as a result of that yeah. um, and yeah. you know I do think there is a definite shift in the UK um, away from consumerism as much as the uh, like it was I mean it was crazy sort of 10 years ago because we have yeah. this kind of clash of the children of the make do amend era and the kind of consumerism of the kind of late 90s early 2000s and yeah. it's just this clash of buying everything and keeping everything and yeah. and that's really changed but I think there is a shift towards sustainability towards reuse you know, really thinking those kind of things through. So I think there is slowly but surely, but these things take a while to shift. This is not yeah. something that's going to yeah. change overnight. Yeah, well, it's taken us a decade or more to get to the point that people understand about organ uh, decluttering and organising. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think the repurposing is great, but yeah, it's it's still difficult to get people to do it more and more. Uh, it's still not yeah. as easy as well, right, to like, you know, just there's certain places you can go. I know in the UK, in Brighton, you can go to a shop and give your jar and they can fill it up and you just pay for what you fill up into the jar. But I don't think that's everywhere yet, you know. Uh, you know, it's definitely in the big city, Shalina. So oh, exactly. um, like zero waste shops are in, you know, every corner really. Oh, now. are they? Oh, okay, cool. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 
yeah so refillable shops whether or not they're in common use is a different matter but right. it, it will definitely be in probably more affluent areas i would say of the cities yeah. um i'm not quite sure about the towns and stuff but we've got plenty in manchester but uh, we're the second city in the uk to yeah, be fair yeah. um so they are they are everywhere um and i think the other big thing that's made things easier and i'm, I'm not sure whether this is in um uae or not but um oleo have you got oleo what's oleo? over there is that the cooking so it's, thing it's, no, it's an app uh, where you can put. It's a bit like FreeCycle, Free. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we did do some research on it because Ingrid and I kept talking about earlier, <laughs> um, and then we we're like, "Is it around, everywhere else around the world?" Yeah. She did some googling. It's in fifty-one countries, so I'm thinking oh, that it? it might be where you are. So you need to look at it. So basically, you just put non-food or food. It started off as a food waste app, right. and so you could put things that you know that were going out that people would want going off yeah. going out a day. Yeah. And you could put that on, and then all of a sudden, it's it's moved into non-food. So all those things that you can't take to charity shops, yeah, yeah. but that people might still want, it's That's perfect for amazing. that. Yeah, no, we yeah, don't have like, that. We have not for food at all. And like, I think there's only one food bank in Dubai because I see the sign for it, but I've never been able to get. To, to, it's not a food bank like you see, like I've seen in the UK or, you know, in the supermarket at home. I have seen that you can buy stuff and then leave it on the trolley at Morrison's to, and they give it to the food bank or people can take it and help themselves. But we don't have that here yet. So, right. um, but yeah, no, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to see if, but I don't, I haven't heard of it being here, but I, I'm going to check it out. I want to make a note of that. Yeah, and I suppose with everything, these things need to be more mainstream to have more people, to get more yeah. sharing and things like that. But it is a fantastic way of getting rid of things that are tricky to get rid of that we yeah. would ordinarily have to send to landfill. And yeah. so it's it's brilliant. Things like that really help. Yeah, no, and, and we need that. I mean, because, yeah, it's difficult to, you know, it's even more difficult here compared to at home. Like you've got charity shops, even though they're full now. So it's difficult to give stuff. Awesome. Right. So let's finally, let's talk about some of the funny things that you've seen in your home because it is different. I mean, we have talked about compared notes and there's obviously some stuff you can't talk about because it's dodgy stuff um but yeah what have you seen that's really funny or unusual which you might not think is unusual but actually it might be unusual for me because yeah well yeah what have you what do you think is unusual that you've seen i think you know i think the thing is that you know nothing's really that funny is it (laughs) you know what i mean because it's just stuff and so and it's personal stuff and people laugh at their own things sometimes the types of things that they keep I think in terms of probably the most interesting decluttering project that I've did was actually I decluttered a dog and so um this is going to sound really bad so I worked with one client and she had quite a small property and she had this huge Newfoundland dog that she had kind of rescued and just that morning um, I've been talking to one of my best friends, Sandra, about, and she's like, it's I'm, I'm manifesting. She had like a vision board and she had a Newfoundland dog on her vision board. So I, literally on the same day, I went to her home and she said, I've got this dog. And it's and I was like, it literally filled the lounge. I'm like, why have you got this huge dog in this yeah. small property? And she said, I'm going to have to send it back because it's not working. And I was like, I might be able to help you with that. Oh, my I'm God. Sure the 48 hours, the Newfoundland dog was on its way to Sandra and lovely Barclay is still there now. Oh my in, God, that's in Wales now. That's the best story. That's the best story. It's not that quite is... decluttering. Yeah. But it is repurposing, right? Repurposing. Yeah, repurposing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah oh exactly. my God, so that's, that's amazing. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I've found things, you know, you find things. It's just when people, when you see things that people weren't expecting to find, I think when you're decluttering, then there's that kind of sharp intake of breath. But I think as professional organisers, you know, we have pretty much seen everything and and it's your stuff and we we treat it with the respect that it deserves. And so, you know, we all know what kind of things we're talking about. We all have them, but not often people would hide those kind of things before someone was coming in. But if your house is in disarray, then you You might not know where those kind of things are really. Yeah. No, well, I've found, I found jewels, diamonds and like sapphires, like loose, and I remember one couple, they had been fighting about losing these jewels and I found it and the husband had heard that there was some random woman in the house who had come home and then suddenly saw me and the wife just went, she found this. And he went, okay, you carry on doing what you're doing then. And that was, he left straight away and it was, yeah, but amount of people who have like jewelry, watches, stuff lying around and I'm like, you need to put this in the safe. You know, I mean, this is, this is a safe country, but people will still get tempted to steal this stuff if it's just lying around you know so uh I think it's I think it's I think that's probably one of the most special things isn't it when you find jewelry in particular definitely sentimental jewelry so engagement rings wedding rings all those kind of things uh one of our members actually found something she was going through something last week and she found a diamond uh, a diamond earrings I think it was that had been missing for kind of 10 years and she couldn't have been happy yeah. You know, that's a big one, but that's why you really need to go carefully. You know, whoever, yeah. whatever you're doing or whoever you're working with needs to see everything, open everything, see everything, check everything and make conscious decisions. This can't be something where you, this is why these, these ideas of put something in a box for six months and put a date on it and throw it away in a year. Yeah, no, it's absolutely yeah. nonsensical because you have to have control over what you're doing. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. you'll miss these kind of things. And then as soon as you miss something like that and you've lost a, a set of diamond earrings, for example, then you're always nervous yep. about doing the same again. And then yeah. that's why you cling on to things. And, yeah. and that's why you don't want to tackle the decluttering because you think something's going to get lost or thrown away that you don't want to. So yeah, it's all it's this true. kind of cycle, isn't it? It's, yeah. Alina, and it's all about feeling in control and making the right decisions. No, no, it is. You're right. It's spot on, spot on. And it's like, you know, I mean, the amount of people I hear that say, oh, this is where it was. Oh, I've been looking for this. And I should record all of them. Like, I should, you know, they've all said that at some point or another during the session. And you, but you're right. It, the ones that have lost stuff before are very reticent to like, you know, do the, the process of decluttering because they're worried they're going to lose something again. But um, yeah, it's, you know, but I, I do wonder how people just leave things lying around sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, it's 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 shocking. But anyway, right now, tell the listeners about Declutter Hub, how they can you know join the group. Uh, yeah, tell them everything because it's amazing. Oh, uh, thank you. So yeah, so Ingrid and I, who's my business partner, we run an online membership, and so if people want to learn how to declutter their homes themselves. Um, then we teach you how to do that and it's quite emotionally led but we teach you everything decluttering organizing etc so our membership is at members.decluthub.com we have loads of free content out there as well we're very committed to our free content we have a podcast as well just like shalina you do uh, the the declutter hub podcast (laughs) 
230 or 240 episodes now so we've been going a while so you can find that at the declutter hub podcast and then you can find us on socials the declutter hub at declutter hub instagram we have a lovely facebook group as well with thousands and thousands of members all supporting each other so one of the big things i think when it comes to decluttering is finding like-minded people who get yeah. it really important whether that's a shalina and me as a clutter fairy or within yeah. the declutter hub yeah. community as well it's just about finding people who understand awesome thank you so much for that and like um i'll put all the details as well on the show notes so that people can click and stuff and yeah so thank you so much for being on the show and just chatting away like uh, you know it's been so long we haven't chatted for so long oh surely so, like, no. I, what, I feel like i want to teleport over to dubai i mean oh, you could come to manchester but yeah. i want to teleport to dubai i did get to see you there last year when i was on holiday yeah. in dubai didn't I? yeah yeah yeah, so yeah no we need to it sort it out anyway. i need to come up north we... i have been to oh yeah i was supposed to come up to manchester last year wasn't i and i, I didn't so yeah come up north for the water shalina come for the water come on <laughs> it's too soft for me <laughs> but yeah anyway, no, thank, yeah. You so, thank you so much for having me i really really no, appreciate thank it. you so much i really do appreciate it and uh, thank you so much for listening as always if you have any comments or you like just leave it in the you know in the comment box follow us at d-e-c-l-u-t-t-r-m-e and on all your favorite social media channels and tune in next week for another episode take care bye